Ladies and gentlemen, monkey-ass niggas of all ages, this is the Raw House Podcast Experience. I am your host, Hassan Raw, a.k.a. Shackabilly Raw, a.k.a. Hassan Diaby, a.k.a. I think that bouncer broke my boyfriend's jaw. It's me, Sunday, August 23rd, 2020, year of our Lord. It's about 9, 16 p.m. We are in Brooklyn. I got a special guest for me today. Dear Derek, in the place to be, independent artist extraordinaire, also... My home skillet for many years. Many years. Big, on that. Big on that. Also, our curator extraordinaire. Before your favorite person did it, he been doing it. You know. Also, original low head. Before your people did it, we are gonna get into all that. That's true. Also, interracial dating. Ooh, spicy. See, I didn't want to go there. But my man was gonna take it there. <laughs> so we gotta take it there. I guess this is what up. Like the roots got the sun, gonna take it there. We're gonna take it there. Yo, man, um, like I said, this is an independent artist right here. We love highlighting independent artists in the Royal House podcast. Brooklyn representative, but we not limited to that. You know what I mean? Um, if you wanted to get into something, right? Talk about your latest project right now. Okay. What's going on with that? Yeah, um, let us know. Yo, man, thanks for having me on your show, first Yo, of all. you know what it is, fam. Thank you so much, but this is just... I'm happy it's great you allowed me to have you, man. Great to see you keep hitting them with so many episodes. Got to. Uh, I'm always excited when you hit the, uh, the Facebook and the, the, the Instagram stuff. Like, I'm always happy to see somebody I've known for so long that can remember, like, my first girlfriend. Woo! <laughs> hey, listen. Listen, man. You know, it's funny, man, since we all just talking that shit. You know, I was looking at TV because you know, I'm watching shit that people watch. I can't watch. I can't watch Power. It's not my type of show. You know, a show I really like. And it, 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 this, this, this relates to the topic you bring in, your first girlfriend. You know what show I love to watch? Nora from Queens with Aquafina. That's the show I like to watch. <laughs> Yo, it's a funny ass show. It's a very good show. And you know what I love about it? Because nobody gets away with racism better than little Asian people. Oh, yeah. And that should be funny as hell. Like, this is black people, this show be crazy. People be I existed in that world. Mm. But everything is subtle. Is what? Subtle. Mm. They just play you just subtly. Mm. <laughs> and you catch it mad late, so right. you can't respond. Right. You know, you can only be violent. Immediately. Mm. Or then it's obsessive. Yeah. yeah, you're like, you really were thinking about that shit when yeah, you went home for two weeks and came back. Somebody slapped you when you think about it, you uh, kill them, that's really, that's dark. Mm. When somebody slapped you, beat the shit out of them and, and kill them by accident, that's not that dark. Yeah, that's actually the law. I mean, yeah. you know, it's about, it's premeditated. We go home and think about the shit, nigga. If it happened on the scene, you got a cop team, you might bust it. Word. But yeah, man, so I've just been, um, I, I, you know, I'm always happy to see, the, you know, your, your, your episodes floating around, happy to be on the show, talk about my new mixtape, um, I got a new mixtape out right now called The Gallery. The Gallery, you heard that, the Gallery, man. Yeah, The Gallery, I got a, um, talk to the people, man. Yeah, you can use the lens right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got, uh, I got a spoken word piece. Mm. You talk about that because you had a joint with no beat. 
And then we think about 50 when we took my Lauren Hill. They put out an album and they had no heat. But your shit was rock. I was rock. Not to say that it needed one, but it, the way you put it, it sounded like it had a beat to it. And I took it, it away? No, the, 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 the choice you have a little track. Yeah, it's called Limousine Liberal. Limousine Liberal. I like that name. Yeah. Now, what that name you talking about, man? Like, are you a Trump supporter? You know, as I put my hands in my hip, I uh, get extra cliche. Are you a Trump? Is this a hip hop artist who's a Trump supporter? No. And supporting interracial relationships? I said, yo, this is <laughs> in real life, mm. the way I comprehend things, I couldn't spew it. You wouldn't, most people wouldn't comprehend it. But I'm not a Trump supporter to mm. answer the question. Mm. But the well, limousine liberals. Limousine liberals are a lot of people that we are amongst that are for policies and things, if you want it to be political. Mm. That are for policies and things that actually are more detrimental to you mm. than you think, you know. But yo, we all are part of the hype, so nobody's ready. Uh, uh, that's a key thing I think that people forget. You run around and talk about lesser two evils. But then the way you talk about it, like I asked the Democrats, I already named one evil, you can't name one. And I said, now, you're just running around talking about evil that you can't name one, but you're so far. That thing is right there, it really bugs me out, especially with black folks that are like that. Because we're all wrong, we all got, all our shit stinks, so we have to acknowledge that. You know, like, look, 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 we have Epstein, right? He got busted, now he's friends with Trump, and friends with Clinton. I got some friends who only post pictures of him with Trump. And I be like, nigga, you know there's pictures of him with Clinton out there, so don't pretend. You know what I mean? Even when I looked at the DNC, they didn't even announce Hillary or Bill Clinton coming up. Like, but people didn't even say their name. They just snuck them in there. Like, people were talking, it's like, all right, here's the rapist. The cause of that, <laughs> that's crazy. The cause of that conversation mm. is the theory of... Ten politics commandments. Uh, this is a beat. Um, but the cause of that conversation. We're all shit. No. The cause of that conversation is a theory of good and evil. It's also the degrees. There is no degree. There is no such thing called lesser evil in English. Mm. There is a mis there is a like, I don't know what type of sentence that is. Mm. There is no degree in evil. If I slap you, that's not there's no degree in that. It's like just nah, that was one. The nigga just slapped the shit out of him, but he didn't kill him. He's like, no, he slapped his no, but what if he does like hits my mother? You're not listening. Mm-hmm. I said, don't slap no one. It's true. So you know, this is the thing that mm-hmm. we go through as human beings. But mm-hmm. um, on a bigger note, the gallery mixtape is out. You know, right. limousine, limousine liberals was the single that I, I chose to do a spoken word to. Yes. Um, I shot a visual to that. You can go don't see that. Some, uh, I posted it on the uh, Raw House podcast page. I saw it earlier this week. Okay. Um, Which yeah. is not sharing right now. Raw House underscore podcast at IG. Mm-hmm. You can definitely follow me on DD Wi-Fi on Instagram. DD Wi-Fi. DD Wi-Fi. Two Ds. Wi-Fi. Yep. At IG. That's the only good devil. 
But um, yeah, so, so let me see. Project. Yeah, yeah let me see. Let me see. Just a, 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 one day I was just sitting there and I just wrote this nice little spoken word piece. And I was like, yo, I have some more things coming up. So I was like, yo, this is going to help. This is going to just lead it off. Mm-hmm. So on the new mixtape, the gallery, the mixtape, mm-hmm. basically when I say that this mixtape is called the gallery because an exhibition is about to take place. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. right now you see we got the gallery. Right. So now I'm about to take you inside the gallery um, and show you the exhibition. So that's what the concept of the gallery is. Um, we found the space. Now I'm about to get this. Mm. The gallery mixtape. The gallery mixtape is here. It's not going to work. So again, the gallery mixtape is here. Um, we got another song on there called Black Widow Spider. Heard that one. I played it. Matter of fact, I think Black Widow Spider was played on the July 4th Independence, not Independence Day episode. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah? Sir. Yeah. Oh, I told you I was going to play. I asked you which one you wanted to play, right? Yeah. I don't fuck around. Yeah, so, um. Yeah, Royal House Podcast. Uh, also, I'd like to talk about your art curation situations. You know oh, this is, this is all the guest. That's how it plays in, because he's yeah. talking about the gallery. Yeah, so the gallery. So I have a, I have a new virtual exhibition coming mm. up. Since we're mm. in the corona times, yeah. people can't visit the gallery. No. They got a virtual... Art museums are open at the end of the month. Well, I'm, I'm sticking to this concept. Ah. <laughs> I want to stay away from it. Mm-hmm. It's the goal. Me too. I'm enjoying the six feet of space. <laughs> you know, niggas never... I have to get a nigga from behind my cheeks every day. Like, go and walk over there. Yeah, I don't like Go there. I like, I like, I like the space that life is giving. You know, just to get my listeners, you know, some raw house shit that I've been on through. On my way here, you know, I went to buy a bottle of water. I was thirsty, motherfucker. Motherfucker, I mean, people need to open the door to the fucking corner store. Motherfucker standing behind the door, but he got out the way. Then he jumped back in the way. Like, I didn't see that. Like, what the fuck? But she said, I peeped that I already slid out of the way. Man, let me just tell you this. People be looking for attention. Yo, be, and that's why I'd be like, why you want attention so bad? And that's why, that's why I told the Arab dude, I said, you know, you gotta thank God. I think I told you this earlier, that you're not retarded and the word that rhymes with maggot. You know, you put those two together, huh. I can understand you saying, damn, God, you didn't look out for me. But you know, when you're not those two, no matter what's going on in your life, shit ain't that bad, I just tell you. As long as you're not a maggot and a FIFA, you're all right. <laughs> Yo, it changed well, man. You deserve to win, by the way. That's it. That's the mode of uh, the podcast as well. I like to put fake motivational speeches in there, but they're real. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's all about motivation. Like when you, you deserve get, to win, that's what I'm on right now. Everybody deserves to win. Yes, absolutely. I was even saying the hater. Like I was going through a whole shit on my last episode. Dude. I was talking about this hating ass thinking the shit he did to me. But even when I broke it down, I said, you know what? Even his hating ass, guess what he deserves? He deserves, he deserves to win. <laughs> in the grand scheme of uh, this this whole capitalistic mm. thing, the mannerisms is yeah everybody's supposed to win, mm. but the truth is everybody won't win. And somebody has to lose. And somebody has to lose. You know, I I, I used to play basketball. Mm. You're not the ball player. So you give a nigga hell. Fact. You gotta take somebody dream. I yeah. saw uh, take a nigga dream right in front of his mom. Yo, I saw uh, his mother be Johnny. standing right there. 
She's like, go ahead, baby. Get your fucking son with the illest crossover. Take your bitch ass nigga no, He's not ready for this. He's not ready for nothing. He's not ready for this. Yeah. Take his ass right upstairs, man. Listen, you know, I still got some niggas heart and soul in my back pocket, boy. But I'm just saying. <laughs> you're not a skateboarder until you can bust a full trick. Mmm. That's yo, I forgot about that too. My bad, my nigga. What's that? Hold up, hold up, hold up. There's a whole industry right now, right? There's a whole industry. Supreme and oh, that's my boy. Cock pyramid. Oh, I don't want to talk damn. Yeah, yeah, I'm just boy. saying. You are. But those are my boys. Though. I'm not even, I'm not even fucking with you though. I'm not even fucking with my listening. Dear Derek, who I'm bringing you on here. This is the this is the Godfather. This is the Grandmaster Flash to urban skate anything. Because let me tell you, before this man had a skateboard or skate culture he brought, and I saw him implement it and build it every day and add it to an originating, I never seen a black nigga touch a skateboard. So this is that dude right here, you hear him right here. That's you know like what I'm on the low, on the low, he built a lot of them favorite brands in life. On the low. By accident, old. by accident. Ain't no way that shit. 15 years old. Come on. Style icon bring you here. But well, we used to sell crack to get the clothes. Come on, man. Because I was powder. like... Powder. Niggas used to call me powder. Before Troy. Powder. Niggas took my name. You know what I'm saying? So... Ran with my name. This is, this is, this is, this is... This is a special guest I'm bringing you on the podcast. Because I used to have the Baldy. And remember the movie Powder? Uh, Facts. The, the movie... What's the movie with the dude's name? Powder. That was, that was the name of the movie? Yeah, with the dude here with the fucking deer. And, and, and because I used to interracial date, I used to be the, the joke of the town. So I used to be already the black white kid, but I was really actually, even though I had slacks on, I used to always wear my pants on my Now there's a whole lane of that. But I used there's to be really, Scott. In, in real life, I was really from Brownsville. Facts. And That's what made it so hardcore. I, I was really like prep school kid, but I'm really in real life. Everybody know what it is. I'm really from the fifth. Everybody know what it is. That was, yeah, that's a beautiful set. I can see it. No, that's a good. I can see how that could look cool. Yeah, but it looks cooler today when I see everybody trying to pull it up. Like, it's it's one thing when it's a culture. When, hey, man, this is the life I'm living. This is a real life I'm living. This isn't something I told my mom to go stand out and go purchase. This is a lifestyle I'm living. I remember this man first told me the sacrifices niggas be doing for the skateboard shit. I said, nigga, I'm not doing that. He told me niggas is losing their balls for that shit. Oh, I yeah, said, holy yeah, yeah. shit. This man told me he started Harrister. On the handbag. What? Wow. That's like nonsense. Now they got a whole series. When you go by the uh, the Supreme store, you see they have the shit where niggas busting their shit. Yeah, but shout out to Supreme, man. Mm. You know, like no matter how corny people think Supreme is, I, I don't think Supreme is corny. I no, think that saying, a lot of their The reason why they're so loved. The reason why they get so much love is, mm. is that real. Mm. It's literally that real. It's literally from the mystic time. Okay, New York but, in the 90s. Hold on, hold on. Mm. It's literally from the moment. It's literally from the thread that you're saying I'm a part of, mm. or that I am. It's authentic. There was like several kids in New York. Mm. Some of them went to our high school. Mm. A lot of them went to our high school. A lot of those black kids that got bust in mm. junior high school right. were those kids. Right. You know what I mean? It's a fact. Dallas Penn. All them type of niggas. Mm. Not just hood niggas, but they know the hood. Mm. That births all these. That births all what you see. So it, it, Supreme was the medium back then. 
Like Supreme was there. Drug addict and few skateboarders. Mm. Now they fucking model skateboarders. Mm. Now we got big bills skateboarders. Oh, yeah. We got nah, control. Like the characters from Supreme, including the workers. Some of them, some of the niggas don't own Supreme. I'm talking about the workers. Real dudes, real New Yorkers. Oh, absolutely. I'm cool with all of that. That's I worked there for a year, for a couple years. So I know. Yeah, Ryan I worked in Manhattan and Brooklyn still. Uh, it's just, uh, I got a price of security. You know, I got personal beef with a lot of their supporters and a lot of them thick faces that come out yeah, there. Yeah, that's, that's easy, but I'm you know saying. What I'm saying? I understand the culture as well. Now, here's one thing I wanted to that's ask about shit. Supreme. <clears throat> that's just worse shit. One thing I want to ask about Supreme is like I looked on the thing the other day. They sell the Dead Prez RBG flat. That shit's like a hundred dollars on or whatever that shit is, wish list or the real real. And I'm like, really? But you're telling me that they're authentic and that's from the fiber, so they got Yeah. And I'm sure I don't know how those things work. They give a percentage of that to them artists. Maybe, maybe not. Ooh, see that's what I wanted to hear. Because it's not my business if you can't do your business. Right, that's a we, fact. I'm we, trying to do it. Alright, so do you want to be emotional or talk about capitalism? Mm-hmm. In capitalism, you don't have to do your business. Shit like that happens. Mm-hmm. That's just the result. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shouldn't have been Shouldn't have made a song that clicked. Like, you can't want it all. So you don't subscribe to the culture vulture notion. You don't see that as a viable threat to, to hip hop culture, black culture, whatever. I see hip hop. I see people calling culture vultures when another person does what they don't, what they can't do, or what they don't have means to do. Mm-hmm. If their plan goes bad, mm-hmm. if their plan is working, they, they never call them anything. So, it's, it's, so it's would you relate like, that to? Uh, I, I think the, the term culture vulture have, is subjective to the different black persons that have different things going on. Mm-hmm. If you ain't got nothing going on, you don't care. Mm-hmm. You got a project going on, you might want to go, yo, something that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Well, I look at it just as a person that does a podcast, and I'm like a fake-ass media person. I do see a, a, a problem. I did a, a post earlier, when we were early in this pandemic, when everybody was holding hands and that because of better time. I said, be careful with your new friends, you know? Your new white friends, particularly. And the reason I said that is because look what happened. Maybe three weeks later, we had this little trust fund girl who fucking threw Molotov cocktails at the police. You know what she said? She went good fellas. Two niggas just stole my truck. And I said, this is supposed to be a progressive woman here. And she went right to the fucking racist playbook when she got in trouble. Uh, two niggas did it. So that's my problem is like, I see a lot of these, what has been labeled as culture vultures. There's a lot of races that hide in hip hop culture. Not a lot, but there's a, there's a, there's a good few. Yeah. And I see their relaxation in hip hop culture. I can get away with saying, I'm part of hip hop, so I can get away with saying what I want to say. Think of the dude who came on the radio talking about Breonna Taylor. This motherfucker talking about he producing for Little Boozy Burks. I'm part of the culture, I can speak. I wish I was there to kick him in the mouth for my size 16. Like, but the, but like the shut truth the fuck is, up. The truth like, is, so you can talk and disrespect? The truth is, I mean, the truth is, there is no culture, bro. There is nothing Okay. Okay. But if there's no culture, where is the vulture reaching from? You can't say, I've seen vultures when I was in Connecticut once. I saw this old mansion. I, get, I, get I saw the, vultures I get, all over me. I get the metaphor. 
There has to be something for them to. I get the emotional metaphor. I get it. Uh, I would say that. So you're saying that hip hop, and I can agree in a lot of ways, it's a subculture. It's not a culture, but it's something that everybody comes to and takes from. Is it not? America. Which, which was built on taking. We live in America. <laughs> we take two. We Absolutely. take take samples. That's right. That's what I'm saying. It's so, built on taking as well. So like the whole thing is a shame. Like it's a dumb conversation. I wouldn't say it's a dumb conversation. It's an emotional conversation. I wouldn't say it's an emotional conversation. If you're telling me that you so-called white supremacy, you need white people, so da-da-da-da-da, oh, do business, I need white people. Mm. People say shit like this. Mm. Oh, I need a white people. Absolutely. Okay, so now you made it cultural thing. You just that's said it, it nigga. You, you empowered them. Yeah, that's it, nigga. It's you, nigga. It's not like it's you, nigga. Mm-hmm. You said you need a white people. There are women who, who are doing their thing in life, and then she says, I just need a man. Bitch, you just slowed your pimping up. Mm. Nobody ain't slow you down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You keep thinking you need pieces to a puzzle that's not even, your puzzle is actually fixed. Mm. You're actually doing your thing. Right, right. Man, so, that's I mean, real shit. But, you know, I just look at it from the perspective of... You need different people. You do need different people to, to get different, different jobs done. And if you want to change anything, you need all the hands on That's a fact. So I, look I, at, think, I, don't, mm. I understand the sentiment of culture. Mm. I've been there emotionally. Mm. I've probably uttered it myself. Mm. But in reality, it's not a real conversation. See, I don't even go deep to call it something other than what it is. It's just some people are on that devil energy and that devil plane. That's who they exist. That could be black, that could be white, whatever. My thing is that we're not aware of these people early enough. You know what I'm saying? But like, it be black niggas and black niggas. Exactly. Because we are very trusting of those who don't look like us. So, how can you got from black nigga culture vulture? It's not culture vulture, it's just dumb nigga. Nah. You know what I'm saying? got more accountability No, it is because when you, when you talk. Just keep excusing them. I'm not excusing, I'm giving you the diagnosis. Which is also a condition of niggas. This is why I don't like to talk about we getting rid of niggas. The condition will continue to exist. You did, you know. But I, I agree, it's not really that big an issue, but it's just like when you're blind to something, you run into it over and over. So who owns SoundCloud? Ain't no black person on Okay, so my point is, you're working with these people no matter no what. No matter what. So what the fuck are we talking about? We're talking about a level, what, now, what, what I assume people talking we're about. We're talking about rich niggas like mm. Danny being mm. emotional. Mm. And just well, he's a talk. case in point of what you said earlier. He did, I never heard him mutter or utter the word culture vulture until he was on the outside of the game. You know what I'm saying? When he was on the outside of the game, now I hear him talk about culture vulture. It's just like when a nigga digging the chick. Everything cool. As mm-hmm. soon as they break up, that nigga ain't shit. Mm-hmm. Somehow, or that bitch ain't shit. Mm-hmm. Somehow these people always end up not shit. I yeah. have to deal with them. That's right. interesting. Yeah. I'm not saying they're perfect or mm-hmm. good or bad. Mm-hmm. It's just funny. I I, I I subscribe to that because nearly every bitch that I stop fucking with is a dirty cunt from the lowest part of hell. But who's to say she is? I just said it. No, I'm just saying that. <laughs> but that's the, that's the problem. It's not a problem. I feel it's very... Uh, no, but that is the actual it's very It's a very good release. No, it's better than physically giving her the physical reservation of what you should do to a cunt. It's better than saying my personal... Because you see... Older I get, the less I can worry about shit. If something doesn't go my way, it's gotta go away or go my way. And that's how I look at it. 
So when it goes away and you're going away, I can say, you dumb, dirty cunt from the worst part of hell. And that's over for me. You know what I'm saying? I'm not the dweller. You know, it's too, we're too old to dwell, and it's too much fuck shit to dwell on today. What, what do you mean the worst part of hell? Is there? No, no, no. I just want to sit, let it, just want to put her in a place mentally where I would never think about you, bitch. Like, okay. you're in the worst part of life. You obviously are. I mean, because, you know, that's the thing I was discussing with a brother today. We listen to all the, and I'm not talking about you, yeah. but I always know brothers who always got this fake positive shit to say for some bozo they met on TV. But they never uh, applied none of this shit in real life. Everything is down in the dungeon. Like, I just think again, we discussed this, and he said, oh, life is sure. I said, you see? I said, that's why niggas be dying. I said, because look at the shit you just said out your mouth. Life is sure. And you go around everything to it, but life is sure. I said, how? You ever just try and say, nah, life is tall as a new bowl on top of Sean Bradley, on top of Moses Malone, on top of Moses Malone Jr. That's how tall life is, and it's as long and strong and powerful and rich as wealthy as I want it to be. How about that's the new shit to say about life? Damn, that's a lot to say. That's a lot to get in your life. But, but, we, don't, we don't think about activating magic for ourselves. But, we only activate the tragic. But, but that's also a reflection of hip-hop. Mm. I was listening to Mob Deep for the last Dying. six days. Mm. First, well, not the first album, maybe the second album, or something like that. Right, right. Mm-hmm. With the first verse, is, uh, I used to drive an act and cap a Mac, Mac in the, the engine. engine. The cracks and intentions. That is very dark. It's from that so when you when, when when you listening to this and you're looking at the year it came out and you're looking at my age at the time, I'm saying, "Wow, I." Thank God I was into skateboarding. Because <laughs> you might have shot somebody listening to this? Because my setting was Brownsville. Right. That's probably the spirit is tapping on the window. Like, let me in, dying. Y'all dying. Y'all spit jewel infinite. Niggas get hit up right there from the tube to the dick of it. Dying. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> so when I'm, you know, when I'm listening to it, I'm just like, this is the. Brownsville was my setting when this music was out. Yeah. Thank God I had these things that I was into that was a little bit different. Shit, fire. Like they had a song called Up North Trip. Up North Trip. And I remember <laughs> being raised in Brownsville, talking about jail is very normal. I remember there was a moment in my personal life where I knew I probably would like to have something different type of story. Mm. When one of my friends said, Yo, how many bodies you got? And then I just froze. (laughs) Because we were chilling. There was nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. Nobody had drama. Mm -hmm. It was a question. You know, it's funny you say this as a brown And I'm just like, that's been instilled in mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. as being eight, nine years old mm-hmm. in, in, in these projects. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what, you know, I've had some traumatic experiences in, 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 in Brazil as well, but mm-hmm. that personal combo mm-hmm. definitely set a trigger in my mental. So, you know, it's funny you say that because it's another dude who's a Brownsville-oriented dude named Saigon. And he had beef with Bob. 
And I remember he said this on the DVD earlier. He also had people on it. He said, when I was 12 and 13 and 11, he said, I used to listen to Onyx and shit like Mob D. He said, I'm gonna shoot niggas and put in work. He said, so when I'm in jail, I'm thinking these niggas are the realest niggas ever. When I get in the rap game and meet these niggas, niggas mad folks. That's what he said. I remember he said that on the DVD. And I could not agree because I'm a fan of Mob D, whatever, more than side dog. But what he said is so ill. Think about that. You gave a piece of your life away. Well, and he's, he's, he's in the same situation you're right. you When he didn't have the mindset to say, let me separate myself from no, this type of shit. Because I'm in this shit. I can't be listening to no shit like this. In real life. In real life. Mm. Not in fake life. Mm. In real life. Saigon is from Brownsville. Yeah. Saigon is friends and friends that I, like my mm. child. This mm. is very close stuff. Mm. I'm telling you. I had just this loophole going to New York in my junior high school. My public school was in Bensonhurst. Mm. Same blocks that Yusuf Hawkins was killed. Mm. Literally. Mm. That loophole was a loophole that a lot of the kids around me didn't have. Yeah. So when they when when Nas came out, Nas was a more literary guy. Maldi was more violent. Right. I saw good friends. Literally. I, I, I saw good friends go from. We, I, I saw early teens from Redman. We was listening to Redman and Keith. Right, right. And then Maul D. The crash. And, yeah, yeah. and then 96 was feeling like 86. And everything was different. It, it did. I definitely noticed there was and a forceful change. Niggas came home to There's a forceful change. When. <laughs> I say East Coast, New York. There's a change when New York became a fake West Coast. No, for real, because that's what we were trying to get. We were at a, we were at a, we were at an evolutionary peak. Where dude said, "Man, we gotta get a piece of that chronic. What you got on your shirt right now, Dr. J. Chronic?" I mean, I can't. You know, my fault, my fault. The, the, the innovators. It seemed like the innovators took a step back to be innovative and be inspired, rather. See, I, I can never get in between. East Coast, West Coast, mm-hmm. potentially, poten- like, like potential, mm-hmm. potential drama or, or fictitious drama or whatever right. happened because of the fact that I believe that hip hop is truly one. So I don't mm-hmm. see no East Coast, West Coast. Absolutely. I won't subscribe to that thought at all. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a different, I can see, I can see a different, what I'm saying is I saw a difference in because a lot, of, a lot of animosity that people have for New York hip-hop is because of how we treated hip-hop that was from anywhere else. If this shit was from New Jersey, I remember hearing Trek say, well, motherfuckers was like, why you with Tupac? You're like, motherfucker, I'm from Jersey, and when I used to come to Brooklyn, as soon as I say I'm from Jersey, niggas just start throwing shit and trying to kill me. He said, so, you know, I was on, I was on a fuck New York too kind of in my head too. So what I mean, like, there is a line in the sand that they really had to create their own sound. And I do notice a change from a younger generation, I talked about this on the podcast as well, where we were all East Coast influenced mostly. The generation under us, they seem to be uh, more accepting of out-of-town sounds and shit. And I think the adaptation of a lot of the, uh, the shit we got, it changed us. Even Ready to Die, I look at it, that wasn't a classic East Coast release at that time. I mean, time. New York is still on top. But where, where though? Because when I come to this city, right? This is the city that created hip hop. Yeah. When I walked through this, this is Biggie's neighborhood. 
When I walked through here, I didn't feel like this was Biggie's neighborhood. When I go to Atlanta, as soon as I get off the plane and I see a nigga that has probably got a mixtape that he putting out that's working on the shit. Not saying New York, we don't have, we have thousands of rappers, but literally everything is hip hop in Atlanta as soon as I take that. Seven days a week, I can go to a, some kind of hip hop shindig where women are showing up. You can't tell me that in New York. A hip hop, that's another thing that I think that is so ill. You can see there's a difference in our hip hop. Our hip hop hip hop is only for niggas and white people, only white bitches. Out of town, when I go to ATL hip hop events, it's some of the baddest bitches there, man. Yeah. I mean, we got to step that up. You go to hip hop event here, it'd be a fucking Vienna Sausage Fest, man. You know what I'm saying? Hip hop here has always been a male Chef G, I just seen him, he just signed a deal with Atlanta. This is what's popping. I don't see now one of these OGs putting their hand on them. 
I'm just gonna say the name Jay Z. These dudes are all trying to be him, and this is the point I'm saying. There's a disconnect. Whereas when I look in Atlanta, even though they have their own beefs, you don't know. I saw uh, who was saying this? Two Chains and I think Ti were talking about when they had beef when they, he was with Ludacris, Cramp, and Ti. He said, "Man, people outside the city didn't even know all the shit that was happening because we didn't want nobody to know we doing it like that." Man, I said, you see, that's the mentality. That's, that's why they went in there. They said, we got to be a unified front for everybody else. I could be shooting your niggas in my city, but we ain't going to be getting on the radio like, yeah, your nigga went down and all that hot shit we do in New York and all that shit. Back to it. My point being, our infrastructure is broken because we're too competitive with each other to a fault. You know what I'm saying? You know? But like, look, 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 look what Jay-Z is doing today. Now I drop an album, he drops some shit. Like, and people see that. And that looks like, to me, like, it looks, if you're a Jay-Z stand, it looks like such a chess move. But if I'm an Atlanta nigga, when we running the game, and I'm involved in the hip-hop game, man, look at these old bitch-ass niggas. See, but I think... Ten years into a truce, you ain't put out no album together, nothing, but y'all still checkmating and playing games and shit. I think, that is New York in a nutshell. No, hip-hop, think, New York I think, hip-hop. I think everybody wants Jay-Z and Nas to have problems. Mm-hmm. And I think that... Yeah, so... You know, even if it's a point like, yo, my, my my woman, you and your lady drop an album the same thing, your woman is the biggest star in both of us. You know you eclipsing my shit when you do that. Do you yeah, not? But, but I think, again, Jay-Z is looking at it from a... St- <clears throat> Jay-Z is looking at it from a point of view probably like, when son come out, that's my legacy and relevance too. Mm. Like any smart artist... See how you like, said it, son? So it seemed like he's selling him, like, oh, my little son came. Nah, in. it's like if we was painters. Let me remind him who daddy gallery, is. <laughs> if one gallery said, I felt shit about to come out, mm. he's in this gallery. I get wind that this gallery picture a new exhibition up. Mm. Now I'm trying to politic because they know me and you got history. Mm. So I know when the collectors come out to buy your art, mm. They're gonna say, So then I'm, I'm now I'm looking to go put together my new art exhibition. There's no shot at you. But again, I just know that when the collectors and the listeners come out for not a body work and Nas, they are interested in J work. Right. If you if you're talking about artistic things, if you want to talk about drama. Dumb nigga shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, you could say, oh, Jay Z still pedal. Well, that's the thing. Nobody goes we, in the album, we, a whole album, mm-hmm. with engineers and fucking artwork for albums with energy like angry. Like, it just sounds strange. Well, you know, I I was also discussing that with a brother. My everybody got their own creative process. One of my favorite joints I ever wrote, "Black Man's Heaven," uh, was when somebody in my family I ain't gonna say their name stressed me to the point where I said, "Man, I think I can kick them in the head and they'll die like quick." <laughs> And I, you know, immediately said, man, you bugger. And within six minutes, I had two verses for myself in the hook. A beat that I haven't listened to, like, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do. So, you know, negative energy can be used. My thing is, negative energy can be used. It's all what you do with it. My thing with this thing is Jay-Z and the Nas thing is, we know that we live in an era where perception is reality, 100%. It don't matter how much, and we also know that as grown men, I can't be coming out to let people know it's not really like it's not really that, like that. I think that is very uh, counterproductive to New York hip hop when that happens, you know, because it looks like they're still competing, I think, I think even though we all only shook hands. And you know, out of town looks like they go them shaky ass, shady ass New York niggas. See what they're doing now? See how they do each other now? I think that in their age group, 
that's how they play. Mm. And I think that that's a grown man joke. Mm. Yeah, I, I do too I, as well. And, it's I, like, and I think that that's grown man humor. I do. That they watch us talk about how they might have a problem. I think uh, those two men have gotten over a hump. Mm. They know each other very well. Mm. They don't have no work together, but their relevancy is with each other. Let's go back to New York hip hop. You say you see it coming back. To me, you know what I see New York hip hop, but New York hip hop is a community that a fucking uh, a factory moved out of. No. That's what it look. That's what I see it as. There's a factory is gone. The fucking smoke and the the thing is still here. You gotta remember. We, we don't have that the, uh, like the, we used to. It's not. The, the sprocket is out of space and the space is out of sprocket. Not, when I'm talking about New York hip hop, I'm talking about the backdrop of Wu Tang, Nas, uh-huh. Foxy Brown. The backdrop of that moment, right, was AL Skills, mm-hmm. House of Representatives, mm-hmm. um, Eminem, early mm-hmm. Eminem. Right. Uh, what was the white boy he was beefing with from upstate? Cage. Cage, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like super. Kind of I'm like super. Shit. It's all good. And don't forget, yo, Dear Derek, DDY5, the gallery right. mixtape. Right. But we're going to talk about some hip hop shit. That's right. But yeah, so Cage, right? Cage. Um, you had all these MCs. I bought Cage tape, opened it, dubbed um, over it. And the backdrop of the glitter going yeah, on, yeah. right? All the fancy lyricism. Right. Cannabis was out, even he went commercial, but the backdrop still was like MCs. Right. So I think that that most definitely, we just put him for the forefront of that character. Yeah. I think that that is still attractive. Mm. That legacy in New York is still attractive. Yes. Kids want to dress like that. Absolutely. So because of that, that type of hip hop will always be. You know, niggas will always have a Gore-Tex jacket with some khaki pants and some boots. Absolutely. With a backpack full of rhymes, like a rap. You know, like, like, that's like that's true. That's like a thing. That's like a New York thing. With it a polo is. It's his trademark. Like, I, I, I rap, I rap. All with the circle. Where you from? From Crown Heights. Relax, Heights. nigga. Why your energy? Why you look? You about to steal something? I am, nigga. Fuck you talking about. But when I when I go to Atlanta. Atlanta's hip hop seeming to me is like there's a factory. Cause, cause think of the analogy, even though you disagree, and I respect your disagreements. But think of it like this: if I said New York is a place where all the factories are moved out of town, moved overseas, not even out of town, they went to China. Mm-hmm. Atlanta is like a place where there's a factory being built every day. There's a fucking Chinese man saying, "I will build." There's a factory, but then we build a factory on top of factory, and then we shall have factory and hip hop everywhere. That's how it is in Atlanta. It's like a Chinese developer is there, he's like, no, we need here. More hip hop, more nigga making music, more studio, more place to show video. You think so? I know so. When I go there, I see it. Listen, let me tell you how ill Atlanta is. Don't mention the name, you don't know what it's worth. I was there with a certain person doing my job in Atlanta. We were packing a truck. I'm talking about in two minutes, we had a big ass boom and all the pre, pre-recording shit. In two minutes, somebody stole that shit. I'm talking about it's five niggas. We turned our back like this. We were all going this. We didn't even know this. We were like, they couldn't have took it that quickly. I said, think about where we at. I said, this is the home of hip hop. I said, somebody came up and got themselves a home studio right quick. 
they saw it and they were like, she died. She got on guitar. I said, you know what? I said, New York don't even have smart criminals like that. Niggas ain't even thinking about stealing studio. They'll come to your fucking studio after you pay the nigga to come in there. They'll come on some nigga shit and steal your shit. I said, but that shit right there, that was desperation. That was like food. Y'all left a microphone and, and a mixer out here. You got it. That shit was gone. To the point where I had to say, nigga couldn't have took it. I said, gotta be in here. You gotta be in here. But the nigga. You think, you think somebody took it? I know, because I did the math in my head. I said, they, I went to smoke a bogey. This nigga went to do that. That nigga went to do that. The nigga triangulated. Because what's the chances that you think a nigga is standing somewhere watching you saying, whenever all these niggas ain't looking, it's mine? Opportunity met preparedness. Wow. You know? And I looked at that and I said, Gallery mixtape. Gallery mixtape. Out right now. That's we'll it. That. Go to DDY for We're going to play some the, joints. The link is in the bio. Oh, yeah, we can play one. Matter of fact, you know can we play one joint over there? My favorite joint. Yeah. It's called, um, shit. I think it's called, I think it's called like Morning Sun. Morning Sun? Yeah. We're going to listen to that. Yeah. Right after this section right here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hear the shit, so I want to be, you know. Oh, you know. Oh, we could, I mean, for that second, we could just turn it you know up. I mean, we could, I mean, if you don't mind keeping this particular show, you know, live like that, I don't mind. Yeah, yeah, we live, we live, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, we just talking shit right now. But, yeah. but like I said, you know, I like to add them, you know, so they just get the song, you know what I mean? Make, you know, like, I, I played the joint before, what was that? Spider. Oh, yeah, it's I did spider. add that to the joint before, so oh, they heard okay. the joint, you know, um, yeah, what do you I'm, think is your, your inspiration as far as being a... Because you a dude that come from the era I'm from. You know, you're a little younger than me. But we are the same wavelength. But what do you think is your inspiration to keep being in the game and putting out new music, new hip-hop? Even uh, though, you know, we know it's kind of challenging today. I, I, I love, I love hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Hip-hop is my, is my first... Uh, Thank God, not me, but no, I mean, I, close enough. Yeah, thank God. But I'm just saying, a lot of products of hip hop, products of fucking heroin, products of no, but it's true. So a lot of us, for for, for a lot of black folks in America, so-called ex-slaves, like yeah. all they got is hip hop music. Mm. Ain't nothing else out there except for a sport. But we don't, but we don't own hip hop either. But the thing is, too. You know, there's nobody making a bag in the, or independent basketball. Oh, I'm getting a couple mils off an independent league. That's not happening. No. See, that's why I say hip-hop is kind of happening. Because you do have motherfuckers who are making a living off of hip-hop. Oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, now nah, you, you big can, leagues. Put it like this. You know? One of the coolest parts of hip-hop, I would say this as a hip-hop artist. Support independent hip-hop. No, yeah, seriously. Because even if you should be, imagine... I'm a hip hop artist. 
My name is Dear Derek. Dear Derek, you're the building. I have a job too. Uh, Absolutely. Hip hop supports me, and I got a job. So I live. You support hip hop as well. And I support hip hop, but I I, I live decent. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like, I say this. I think that, you know, going forward in America, the new American artists will always work and do their own mm-hmm. art form. Mm-hmm. I think that work is becoming a thing now, as it used to be in our pastimes, where you must work. Yeah. You must work. And it's something phenomenal that work gives the individual a sense of freedom. I was just talking to somebody today that was talking about DJ Envy was just telling, he was talking about some musical friend he had who some of his problems he was having this relationship. He said, nigga, you ever think, maybe just time to get a job and stop rapping. But it's not the stop rapping part, but a lot of motherfuckers don't know that you gotta work. That's life. I didn't understand that when I was young and rapping, but it got older, it's like, nigga, that's part of the shit. Cause when you hear some of these, you know, when you hear some of these backstories, I heard one story once upon a time that Kanye West worked at the Gap mm-hmm. on an overnight shift or something right. like that. And when you think back, it's like, well, shit, it makes sense. I'm pretty sure Rockefeller didn't give him the check right away. Nope. So he had to subsidy, you know, he had to take care of himself and stay stable. Somehow. So um, the idea of work is it, it's so prevalent for artists. Mm. It's it's so real to when you look at uh, even the uh, the six nine character. Yeah. A lot of people make fun of him. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a job before he was a rapper. That's right. He's working he's so many sandwiches. You know. That's, that's so stable. Mm-hmm. And he was in the street bugging out, doing dumb shit. But at least he had a job. He did. So that, that's the new thing. Get a fucking job, part-time at least. Yeah. And then go fucking, if you want to thug full-time, uh-huh. full-time thug, go civilize for a fucking The first rapper I ever heard admit that was still active, like he wasn't an old fart saying this, that he had a job, was mad skills. He was like, yeah, when I come off tour, I'll be... I work in his apartment a lot of time and he give me some time to write my rhymes here, I'll be chilling. He said, I know y'all didn't want to hear that. That shit fucked me up. I was like, you ain't making enough money off this shit? No, so you be on TV every day. You got... Now he is, but that was when he was, that's like 95 when he first came out. Well, he was saying, I still got a job. I was like, yo, because now as a grown man, I respect that more. Yeah, because you understand that if he has, what you say, the album came out, mm-hmm. he has $7,000. Mm-hmm. In order to keep seven thousand mm-hmm. dollars, you might have work. to keep this part-time job. That's right. Yep. That's right. And then he figured that out. Yep. So we will see the seven thousand. We just blow it and just blow through the seven. Like I'm rich. Another one's coming. And then it never comes. Never does come. So at least if you spend five hundred dollars out of the seven thousand, mm-hmm. your part-time check, mm-hmm. you can put that back possibly, mm-hmm. or pieces of that back. You know, when I look at, because they were showing this No Limit Chronicle shit on BET, I watched some of it on YouTube. Oh, man. When I look at this, I say, man, Recipe got to be at least 70 years old. Because he, this motherfucker was dropping shit in 89. I mean, I knew he was out back then, but I'm like, damn. Think of all that work to get in to be who you at today. You see dudes like P and Birdman and Mm. his brother Slim. Mm. Those dudes is 
They barely smile. They're not playing. I noticed that. I noticed that he's very they're serious. Even they're though he do movies that, like, you know, this yeah, stupid not playing, comedy like, movie like, and bullshit got the hookup, like, but. He's not actually playing. Mm -hmm. There's nothing about him that's, like, kind of funny more. Mm -hmm. He's not playing. Not, I was looking at Birdman, like, damn. These niggas is like, if I had an idol or a mentor, these niggas is like the vibe. Like, these niggas not playing at all. Not one bit. Everything he signed, he put out. Because he, he's a numbers guy. If I could sell a thousand of... Listen, man, he can sell a thousand of our albums, mm. 500 a piece, put that on the board. 1,000 records sold from two independent underground artists. Mm. That's it. You know when I look at add that one thousand to the billion, right? Billion units sold. Let's jump into just a review, a little political feel shit. Yeah. Uh, I hear so many people talking about change today. Mm -hmm. We got to do this in one election for change, one and it bugs me out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but this is such a some politics and bullshit. Like I hear so many people calling for change right now. This is the most important election for change. Did we not just have eight years of change? Did we not just have eight years of, according to some people, the best president ever? And if you had eight years of the best president ever, and this can be undone by we're not even into four years of a reality show star, is this not proof? Because it's proof to me that politics is total bullshit. Going just by what people say. Or, it said we had the best president ever for eight years. A motherfucker came in off of TV for two and a half years, and everything went to shit. Then what's voting for? If everything can be undone just by one didn't it? Maybe that's the change that you're mm. talking about. What? All that you just mentioned. Mm. I mean, but that's what I'm saying. We go back into the back and forth, back and forth. The reality is, I think 2020, I've been saying this all year on the podcast. It's a year of clear vision. This is how shit has always been. It's just shit is coming to the surface now. It's the way shit has always been. America been fucked. I really believe uh, Bush fucked this shit real good. Uh, w. Bush. And I knew after that, anybody else would be like fire. It's like you're the president of fucking, uh, what's that movie? Not Welcome to New York. Escape from New York. It's like you're the president of that shit from now on. Kirk Douglas dude. Yeah. Patch with the fucking snake. They got, Kirk, they got Escape from LA too. Right? Yeah, that's trash though. Look at LA, it's a sequel? Yeah, Is that shit really? came out when I was in high school, like 97, bro. You saw it then? Yeah, I saw it. I think I saw it in the movies with a bitch. I, I saw it recently. With a bitch I met off the chat line. You were on chat line 97? That was 97 or 96, yeah. In like, you trip, you was on chat line? Nigga, I was on everything, B. Really? Yeah, nigga, I was ripping and running. I was an internet. Damn. I was an internet head. I was an internet head trying to get some internet pussy. In real life? In real life. The internet got me pussy in real life. My first piece of ass, I think it was the internet in real life. That's a fact. Damn. That shit came. Computer! I lived it. That's crazy. <laughs> On that computer screen. And you had, a, you had a computer at the crib? See? This is what I'm saying. Um, 9-6. Alright, whenever they, the World Wide Web started popping, they started fake telling your parents, oh, you gotta have a computer for the kids. My mom and pops, my mom's gonna bought one. Then my pops was on some fake competitive shit. He bought one for himself, but you know, 
you know, Africans that this is not the real computer. You know, niggas. <laughs> he got to do some extra African shit. He got to get the real computer. Yeah, whatever, nigga. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? But that nigga, nigga, worldwide web, dog. You know what I'm saying? My son said, this is not the real computer. Listen, I fucking battle niggas on in chat rooms. You know what I'm saying? Nigga. I, the first, nigga, that's why I say now when I look at what people call conspiracy theories on the internet. I say back in the day, bro, on the internet, the shit was like crazy. You would go to a website, it would just have shit on it. It was no filter back then. It was a lot of shit you would get that you don't get now. You know, especially now, today's day. So yeah, internet was a great thing. Internet was like, you know the content niggas talk about the swap me? Yeah. That was like my swap me. I went there, got some pussy. I got some Illuminati information. I learned how to flow to a beat. Niggas was teaching everything when you first got on the internet. Did, 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 <laughs> did you think that, uh, did you think that uh, you, uh, started liking cannabis because of the internet? No. I like cannabis. Because I remember you being a cannabis fan. Oh, hell yeah. You were a huge cannabis fan. When he was popping, until that garbage-ass album came out. Which one? The first one? Can I Bust, the first one. The one that said White Lips Spoiled. Yeah. So you didn't like the album? First of all, I got to this age where you can't trick me no more. When you give me an album after eight months and a year of hype, it can't be it can't be a twelve track album where five of them shits I heard in a mixtape a year ago. Yeah, you didn't even change the beat. Have you have you heard that album? Yes, the first one you talking about. Can I bust? No, no, no. Conceptually, he wrote some good pieces. The first single beat about the abortion that shit. That was fine. I love the concept. Execution was toilet water. That was fine. Execution was toilet water. That was fine. Your first video, you gotta come out busting skulls. Well, you just single, right? You yeah, you just came at LL. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Go back. That was the single? That was his first single off the album. A side, A side. The uh, second round that guy was like a B side. Mm, that was hey, a B side. Yeah, man. I was like, nigga, what you doing? I thought, you know, you know what I thought was would have been a joint? First single for what? What was on? Watch who you beef with. You might be walking down the street. See, then that second suddenly album. you hear tires screeching. See, that second album he did that. Nah, that's not on. That's on BC. You sure? Yup, before can I? I know. Cause that's on the album when he had to do journalists on Mad ah. Tracks. That's the second album. Um, bad habit. I'm using my shoes to be off my feet. Oh, you can take them. Nah, I don't want you to smoke a phone. You're not wash, you know. You never know. Do voodoo. Absolutely. Absolution, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? But cannabis is a big letdown. Uh, you, you know, know I almost... You know what's one of the funniest moments? One of the funniest things about being, if you, if you keep humor, is the awkward positions that when you're in the mosque, mm. And you're, you know, in the bathroom, everybody's doing voodoo. And you see some of the guys heavy set, they just lift their foot in a funny way. Everything just looks funny. And you just got a little, little humor in you. Hey, what's up, brother? And it's just such a good, uh... See, now you're going to make me look at this. 
But usually when I'm in these situations, uh, in the mosque, I'm you don't on, look around. I'm on my Birdman Master P. As serious as they are, like you said, that's how serious I am. There, I'm like I'm really not looking at nothing because I've been I've been in these places. I've been in mosques since I was a little boy. And I can remember the angle I had as a little boy. Some funny stuff. I know. So as an adult. So come on, no, I'm just I'm just saying, come on. You just know. like, you know, you know, you're talking about the funny shit that goes on in the mosque with the brothers. Yeah, like it's equivalent of me trying to tell you about skateboarding in the night. Like, nigga, I was at this angle looking. You, you think it's funny from this angle when we looking at nigga. Imagine when you had a nigga kneecap looking at this shit, niggas is doing like, what the fuck? Nigga, I saw that. Nigga, you ain't wipe your ass. You know what I'm saying? You can see all that shit at that He's doing voodoo and sitting down and you still farting. Go do voodoo again. Exactly. Man. Stop. Because I remember when my mom told me about that, right? So that was thing. Like you can't pass gas while you're making salat. You got to go. start over. You start over. You fucked it up. So when I hear that. It's not you didn't fuck it up. We got to just do it again. You got you, you mess it up. That ain't worth nothing right now. <laughs> so, you know, when I, that's a funny thing too. Because I remember when I had my ex. You can't say it like that. When I, I just, listen, you can't, you can't. Ex, when I had my ex, right, she was a fucking swine cunt. But I know her family oh tried to come God. at me. Remember, I said she behind me. So we do. We dominate dumb bitches here. Woo! Gum, that was my nigga with the pro comb, comb through curl. Nigga, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I used to tell her family, her family was like, yo, they hate, they didn't hate Muslims, but they used to come at me. Cause the mother was a very educated woman. She said, I break the Quran several times. There's a lot of things in there. I just don't agree with it as a woman. You know, they have said so against the woman when they bleed. I said, yo, I said, hold on, hold on. I said, yo, I said, yo, would you let somebody come into a church if they was bleeding? They're like, probably not. I said, it's the same thing. We know you're bleeding, girl. <laughs> you can't say you ain't bleeding on your period. So we know you're bleeding, so you can't come with me. If I got cut on the prayer rug, I gotta get off. You already got a cut and it's bleeding. You gotta remember this is a simple so time. You have to ask also why that was said. Right. So before you say, is that true? If that's true, um, why is You never that taught religion, true? but this is good. Why is that true? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people don't ask, like, why did Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, make something like this law? What was the scenario that right. he saw right. that said this is now mm -hmm. the law? Not just law, also because we have to mistake law for what will give you less trouble. Mm -hmm. A lot of it's not law. It's something that will give you less trouble. Absolutely. Less trouble. I don't care what you do. Mm. You can have her sit next to you with this. Mm -hmm. Try it. Good. See how you feel. Mm. Something will go wrong. Something mm. will fall to this course. This is why I'm telling you. Mm. Oh, if you can tell her to sit right there until I finish, mm. then come back. Right. You never said she can't come in. No, no, it's a, it's a process. You it's a process. Everything is a process. You get on welfare, it's a process. They don't give you money right away. <laughs> you know, that's why I'd be like, you know, you might as well get a job. Because no, I'm not even going to lie, a couple say years back, maybe about when I first you moved out. You can't be religious. Mm -hmm. Then I said, then you can't even be on welfare. No. It's I, a process. You can't I, even get your license. Then. When I was on my on my ass a couple years back, maybe about three, four years back, I was confident, man, I need one of them cars where I get some groceries every once in a while. 
man, the process of filling out that shit, I was like, this is a job, nigga. I said, I feel like I should get a job after this shit. Or at least a nigga tell me you didn't get it. You know what I'm saying? I said, this is how I know y'all niggas lazy. Cause this shit is a job. And then the lady was like, you gotta come back and do it. I said, again? I said, yo, I know y'all lazy, but this shit is a job, son. This shit is a job. But that but that's my point. So they wanna make sure you show face, like, yeah, you on welfare, nigga. Make sure you come show your face. Nigga. But because it's a process, everything's a process. Everything's a process. Mm-hmm. Everything's a process. Everything. And that's one thing I think that's the a lot of kids of today missing life. Their overall life. Everything's a process. I hear so many kids talk shit. Like this is a little faggot. Now I hate to say that. But anytime I go to the corner store, he always run around. Oh, big man! Big man! You didn't make the NBA! I'm gonna make the NBA! Whoa, whoa, he talking. And I look at him, I try and be chill. I don't want to be that grumpy man. But you'll see when you get older, you little faggot nigga. I don't want to say that to him, but part of me do want to say like, you yeah. see, I'm a Michigan faggot when you get old. Sometimes I want to say that. I hate to be like that, but some young niggas, I, I'm a niggas used to talk shit. That was, you know, there's yeah. niggas who were big things when they were 13 and 14. You see this nigga now, you be like, nigga, you are a joke. You know what I'm saying? And it's usually them niggas who always run their mouth like shorty. I kind of want to tell them the best way, yo, do yourself a favor now, shut the fuck up. And stop throwing your mouth out. Oh, I'm gonna do this, oh, I'm gonna do this. Make sure you ain't sucking dick when I see you in the corner as a tranny or something. You know what I'm saying? You gonna see him, man? I can see it. Cause his mouth already open every time I come around. That's what I want to tell him. I said, you know what? I want to tell him this too one time. Cause I know he ain't got no daddy. I can tell by the way he's so eager to open his mouth around. I said, you know what my father used to tell me about little kids talking with grown men? They don't. You play ball. <laughs> you play they don't. Ball, you play ball with Fridge, right? Yes. Fridge. There's a few tournaments or whatever. Who is, on, who is on Who is on New Tricks team? Like, there's another kid. It was you and another kid. What you mean? Shooting guard. Shooting guard. Um, Davis. Now Davis, my son. What's up, Davis. what's up, Davis? He's a DJ, man. You know, he do his thing with that shit. Where? DJ Sick. No. I think you two him on the Instagram. He big time. Davis with the, with the crosser? Yes. That's my son. You know what I'm saying? We went to junior high school together. That's a fact. Davis? That's what I said. Okay, I'm not talking about Davis. Davis is nasty. That's a fact. Davis used to bust my ass. Davis I ain't going to hold you. Davis is nasty. He's a horse. Um, well, what's the next one? Uh, in the back court, we had Kenyatta. Nah, Kenyatta, skinny Kenyatta? Nah, this dark skinned nigga. Little short, muscular nigga, Kenyatta. And then we have a man from, uh, not Wyckoff, but he lived across the street, James Lighty. James, that was my son. Vamp. What's up with him? Oh, man, he's in the military. He got a great military career, you know what I'm saying? That was my man, bro. Yeah, yeah. That was, he was nice. He was nice, too. Man. He was nice, nice. Yeah. James Lighty. Yup. My son was in college for a semester for, for a while. Orange County back in the day. Yeah, reminiscing on that basketball shit. This is Raw House. Motherfucking newsreel coming up. That was my son. Yo, dear Derek, talk to the people one time, man. Yeah, I'm here. You know what I'm saying? Just going through some. I mean, first of all, I'm sitting here with a great friend. So just enjoying talking the conversation. We definitely gonna have to do part two. Yes, we gotta uh, do this. Uh, uh, definitely gonna have to do part two. Part two, man. But this part is just, three. Yeah, we're just two. vibing right now, just talking the shit. The shit's live, man. This is just uh, taking it so back. So Brooklyn history in that in that section. Actually, no, no. today is uh, Yusuf Hawkins situation. Right. 
funny enough, we went to school mm. a few years after that temperature. And I, never, only, I never think about that, but it's we true. Went to, we only went uh, to my school. My first year in music was 93. That shit happened, what, 91? That shit happened in 89. 89, that's not that far. Matter of fact, some years that were seniors then were probably freshmen then when that and shit popped. You don't even remember we had a race ride, a uh, race uh, war. All right, yo, this has been the Raw House. The <laughs> <laughs> used guys. Hey, I'm cool with my paisans now. You want to bring up the fucking race war in 1997. That's what it was. And what did it start all over? Fucking weed. Yo, like I say. No, but I'm saying that. Yeah, was niggas. The same, but that was the same. No, 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 I'm just saying that. News real coming up, baby.